I'm Miranda Lee, and you're listening to the Bread Therapy Mama podcast, a show created for moms who want to feed their families foods that heal them, not hurt them. Food was meant to be our medicine, and the best way to do that is by focusing on the ingredients, not the calories. Here, you'll find everything you need to know about holistic nutrition sprinkled with some motherhood, faith, and non-toxic living along the way. I can't wait to grow with you. Let's dive in. Hello, Jessica. Thank you for coming on my podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Miranda. I'm so excited to pick your brain about like toxins and hormones because I feel like a lot of people when they think of health, they just think of, I guess, fitness and nutrition. And it goes a lot further than that with, you know, what we're doing in our day to day living and in our house and the products that we have that we're not consuming, but is still being absorbed by our body. So I'm super excited about this topic. And I hope to learn a lot. Um, But before we just dive into this super interesting conversation, can you introduce yourself, tell our audience who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, uh, I'm an integrative health practitioner and health coach. And I at this career number three for me, um, my first career was in landscape architecture. Then second, I moved into the sustainable building realm and got uh, more involved in policies around environmental toxins uh, in the built environment. And uh, then I had some health issues pop up. And, you know, even though I was very familiar with the effect of the environment on our overall health, I found myself going down a rabbit hole of um, nutritional changes and protocols and uh, lifestyle adjustments. And it kind of shifted my focus to, uh, instead of the built environment, it shifted it down a notch into uh, the human body. And uh, so I made that shift. Gosh, it must have been You know, it was a little bit after the birth of my daughter. She's seven now. So I guess you would say about six years or so that uh, I've been doing this new type of work. And uh, I find it really fulfilling and exciting. That is awesome. I think it's so cool that like you've had these changes because like it's not about being stagnant, you know, it's about kind of just going at the flow of what life has given you. So um. I guess, how did you get from like the whole sustainability act um, aspect of your career to, to this very specific niche? Like what, what, like you said, you had some health issues and then like the birth of your daughter, like, so what's a, can you dive into that a little more? Sure. Well, you know, I was um, uh, more of a type A personality and uh, a real go-getter. And I really, um, worked hard in my career as a sustainable building consultant. And then eventually I worked in the corporate field and um, yeah, I just, I, I had this mentality that I always had to be on and I never really gave my body a rest. I would be on really strong for work and then I would play really hard to try to make up for it. Right. So uh, what was happening to my body is I was just wearing myself out and it kind of uh, started to hit uh, 
sort of one after the other diagnosis of autoimmune conditions. And uh, so that that just got me, you know, and I'm, I'm a researcher too. So that just got me into loads and loads of research. You know, I had some favorite blogs that I went to. And then I started to dive deeper into these uh, different organizations and certifications and learning more and more about uh, this whole health realm of uh, health coaching. And one of the reasons why I found that so appealing for me is because I thought, well, okay, well, I'm not getting results working with conventional doctors. In fact, I dropped them rather quickly. And then I moved on to naturopathic doctors and that was much more helpful, but you know, it's all dependent on their training. So if you're in one geographic area, chances are you're working with people that all had the same exact training. So I branched out. I started to um, tap into other resources. This was all when I was working in the corporate field. And uh, I reached out to uh, you know, a, a group in Switzerland and a, a group that, that was kind of out of my area that had a, a German doctor. And um, I started uh, going outside of my general area for more and more uh, advice, consults, testing, therapies. And um, it was just, it was really eye-opening to see how these different modalities and ways of thinking about our body can help improve a condition that you might think of, oh, well, an autoimmune condition is always there to stay. And that's not necessarily true. So um, as I made this, I, I started to make the shift when I realized one day that I didn't want to go to work anymore. And uh, that was really a strong emotion for me because I had been my whole identity was around my work as a sustainability consultant, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, for me to just one day feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be at work anymore. This is not what I want in life. And my body is definitely not enjoying this. This is the one thing I haven't really changed. I've done all this dietary work, all these supplements, all these different protocols, these different therapies. And I wasn't making the kind of progress that I really wanted to make. So I changed the last thing that I was holding on to really, really strongly. Um, I made a complete career shift. Wow, that is awesome. And like, what is something you notice a lot with like the clients that you work with now? Is there like a, like a pattern you notice that a lot of people seem to be strugg struggling with that you think might be kind of not an easy fix, but like, okay, this is the first thing that we can look at when it comes to your lifestyle that we can switch to help, you know, take the toxins out of your environment? Well, you know, the, the thing that I have come to learn is that you can never make an assumption about someone or generalize based on even a, even a group of similar people. And so the thing that I've noticed among most of my clients is that uh, they are really strong women. You know, they've been working for most of their lives. Um, they are at this pivoting point where they're just like, okay, I can't continue on in this path completely. I need to shift my focus a little bit. I need to pay attention to myself. And this is a really powerful shift to start to make. I mean, it's not just a, 
I'm just going to go, go, go. And I need a Band-Aid fix. It's no, there's something else going on. I really want to focus in on this. And my work, um, you know, it started out in the autoimmune realm, uh, but then quickly shifted to working mostly with women uh, in midlife, so 40 plus, who wanted to um, really start to make some changes so that they could have energy to live life to the fullest for, you know, the second half of their life. And so environmental toxins is just one of those pieces, but the focus being around hormone balancing, and um, that includes adrenals as well. So adrenals uh, produce cortisol. Cortisol gives us energy throughout the day. It also uh, gets lower in the evening so that we produce more melatonin and are able to sleep. Cortisol is super duper important and it balances. It has a little bit of a balancing act with the hormones, all sorts of hormones, not just sex hormones, but also thyroid hormones. And toxins can play a role in this as well. Toxins, not just stressors, but toxins, which are stressors in and of themselves, can also affect all of those hormones and make a woman feel, uh, go from feeling like pretty normal to, you know, just not having energy for the day, you know, not having energy at the end of the day to even cook a meal. So my whole work is to try to start to shift whatever's going on for them and to help them start to detox their bath and body routine and uh, food choices so that they can regain their balance and have more energy, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we hear cortisol, we think of stress. Um, and I like how you referred to it as energy as well. I think that's really interesting. Um, so I guess what are things besides stress that affect our cortisol levels? Maybe these are things like, you know, our environment or toxins and stuff. Like what are some examples besides just saying stress? Sure. Okay. Well, more specifically, when I think of stress, I think of nervous system dysregulation. So that's like, um, You've been so chronically stressed for such a long time that uh, your stress response is stuck in a fight or flight mode rather than a rest and digest mode. So right there, you start to have this cascading effect where when you're in this fight or flight mode because of this nervous system dysregulation, you just can't get back into this rest and digest mode, your stomach is affected. And what happens is that... um, your stomach acid is weakened and you're unable to digest proteins as well. So that right there is going to affect uh, cortisol levels, uh, energy levels, I should say. And um, the other piece of that is, so you you have this stress um, effect on the gut. When your gut doesn't work properly and your stomach acid doesn't work properly, all of a sudden it invites pathogens. So pathogens are another stressor that could really affect the body. So some of the common types of pathogens that I'm thinking of are things like parasites, for instance. Parasites, we're surrounded by parasites often, right? There's a good portion of the population in the U.S. and other uh, developed uh, countries. Uh, Parasites are quite common. 
And so um, say one of the ways to get parasites is, you know, to ingest them. Well, if your stomach acid isn't strong, then you're going to start growing parasites and that could affect us in so many different ways. Parasites have something called a protective biofilm layer around them too. And they're not the only organizations that have that or organizations, organisms that have that. Um, then we have molds. Molds uh, produce mycotoxins. And then, uh, so that affects us in a number of ways. And this could all affect our cortisol levels, our hormone levels, our thyroid levels. This just has this great big effect. Other common pathogens could be like um, pathogenic forms of bacteria and candida, like yeast overgrowth, for instance, very, very common for a stressed out uh, woman. Uh, so those are some of the common things that I see that are just pathogenic. They could be from the environment or they could be an organism that we've ingested or inhaled and that will affect our, uh, body. And one of the reasons is just because the nervous system is kind of this in this stuck fight or flight mode messing with our digestive system. So our, some of our number one defenses are kind of down, so that's, that's one sort of category to look at when it comes to the effect of the environment on our nervous system and our hormone health. So then what can we do to change that? Because it seems like it's just kind of like this chain reaction, like everything affects everything else and it just goes down the line. So what are some changes that we can make, you know, that will help, you know, increase our, our stomach acid. So it's not weak. And then, you know, go down the line of how it's affecting, you know, our cortisol levels and stuff. Well, the first, one of the first places that I start with, and actually I start with these three sort of pillars, right? There's the nervous system pillar, the diet pillar, and then, um, exercise or movement pillar. And, uh, some of the things that I start people out with are um, just relaxation techniques, breathing techniques, understanding what nervous system dysregulation is and how to start to, um, to shift the response to that. Uh, so it might be, um, say you are feeling overwhelmed, for instance, then one of the things that you could do is to just slow down just slow down what it is that you're doing physically. It could be you're walking very slowly to sort of calm that nervous system or um, you start to eat more slowly, right? Because when we're stressed and overwhelmed, we just, we feel like we have to do everything really, really fast. So slowing down is a good one. Breath work is a great one. Meditation is a great one. All these things that help to calm the nervous system and make it feel, make your body feel safe will help with that whole picture. Um, safety, safety is another one. So we could experience um, safety clues or safety signals in various ways. Um, one of the things that actually is quite helpful for feeling safe in environment is decluttering your environment. Because when you declutter your environment, all of a sudden you could see everything clearly. So if you think about us evolving from a time where being able to see our space and who's around us or what's around us as being like really important for our own livelihood, for being alive. Um, when we are living in a cluttered space, we 
we just get all this visual information thrown at us. It's really hard to understand everything that's around us. So we'll feel less safe. It's just um, something that's extremely helpful. Clear the clutter, right? Other things that could help make us feel safer are um, reminding ourselves where we are in the world. So for instance, um, you know, you might be watching the news and um, watching the Maui fires and the news just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats, right? So your body, you're looking at this, your brain is sending signals to the rest of your body to stress out because now it's feeling unsafe. It's feeling unsafe just because of what you're watching on TV and the emotions that it brings up. So, you know, putting aside the news, for instance, um, and reminding yourself, well, I my house is not on fire right now. I am completely safe. Call me in your nervous system to recognize, okay, and nothing bad is happening to me right now. It's just, it's really literally all in my mind. And my mind is just sending me these things like, oh, well, something could catch on fire or something could become unsafe, right? So <clears throat> safety signals, that's another piece um, that we talk about in my program. And uh, then moving beyond that, you could also look at gratitude, just being grateful for the things that you do have. That's a couple of reasons for that when you're feeling safer. But the other thing is um, it helps you just uh, sort of raise your emotional state a bit, right? Gratitude, there's so much research around gratitude and the benefits of practicing gratitude. Hey mamas, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about my favorite makeup and skincare company, Toops & Co Organics. I love them because they use real ingredients like tallow from grass-fed cows, organic cold-pressed olive oil and certified organic essential oils, and they never use synthetic chemicals, GMOs, toxins, or artificial colors and dyes or fragrances that we do not want in our makeup or skincare products. I made the switch to Tubes & Co Organics because here's the thing, you guys, your skin is your largest organ. You can be eating the cleanest, most organic ingredients and foods possible, but if you are putting lotions and skincare products or makeup like your primer and foundations on that have these harsh chemicals and toxins in them, your skin is going to absorb it. And I totally trust Tubes & Co because they are made with these real ingredients, don't have all this artificial shenanigans in them, and they're also made in the USA. They are supporting small family-owned farms, and they're all about being sustainable, fair trade, transparent and ethical. These are all things that just align with my values. So I got a discount code for you guys. If you go to toopsandco.com, so T-O-U-P-S-A-N-D-C-O.com and use the code BREADTHERAPY10, you will get 10% off your order. So go check out their skincare and their makeup and let me know if you need any product recommendations but I hope you guys enjoy Toops & Co. as much as I do. Let's get back to the show. Then looking at the diet side of things. So this is really important. Um, 
processed foods and ultra processed foods are just filled with chemical contaminants and chemicals that are there on purpose. Focusing more on a whole food based diet is really, really important for reducing inflammation in the body. We want to calm the whole body down, right? So having whole foods that are recognizable is really, really important. Um, another piece of this is I really try to help people understand how foods work for their body. So in my program, what I ask people to do is a bit of an elimination diet to take out the most common inflammatory foods and see how their bodies react. And I really want them to listen. So we'll take out things like, uh, for instance, gluten and dairy and refined sugar and alcohol, maybe eggs or nuts, or there, there might be something that each person has that they kind of feel like, yeah, when I eat this, I don't feel good. So we'll remove that as well. And then they start to reintroduce them over time. So we will do that for a few weeks and then start to reintroduce one food at a time and see how their body responds. And your body will always send a clear signal for what doesn't work well for it. So that's what I want ladies to learn is how food really works for them. So um, that's another piece. When you remove the inflammatory foods, you reduce overall inflammation. That really helps your body out because then it could act more in a way that's um, helpful for it. And then, of course, exercising, moving the body, sweating, building muscle. Muscle is really, really important for metabolic health. It's one of the ways that your body um, stores glucose for later. So it's really helpful for uh, managing blood sugar and blood sugar spikes. So you got to have muscle. So working your body out and sweating, sweating is really important for detoxing. It's one of the best ways to detox aside from removing toxins from your environment and from your foods. Hmm. Can you go into that? Like the sweating a little more? I don't think I don't think many of us have really heard that. I think that's such a, because normally when people think detox, they, you know, think of like the extreme, like liquid diets and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's a great, another reason to, you know, get in the gym and get outside and get moving. So can you tell us more about the sweating for detox? Yeah, for sure. So uh, your body detoxes in a number of ways, just naturally every day, um, it, you, you're detoxing when um, you breathe, uh, drinking water to help flush out toxins, you know, the water soluble ones at least uh, is really important. Having bowel movements regularly, so hydration, bowel movements, and then sweating um, are really key. So if you're not having regular bowel movements, you kind of got to start there. If you're not drinking enough water, you got to start there. So once those are set and those are working well, sweating is really, really helpful. So <clears throat> a couple of ways that you could do this is one, you could go to a gym, right? Go to some sort of an aerobic class or you know, lift weights, always, always have a towel with you so that you could wipe off the sweat as it's coming off because otherwise you're just going to reabsorb the toxins. The other way that you can help your body sweat out toxins 
is to use a sauna. An infrared sauna is my absolute favorite. Um, a sauna, infrared saunas, they kind of, they have more penetrating heat. So you could turn up the heat quite high as opposed to a dry sauna or um, a wet sauna. I would never do a steam sauna because um, nobody filters their water that well. It's going to have fluoride and chlorine in it, in the vapors. And then you just inhale it and that messes with your thyroid function. So ditch the steam saunas, dry sauna or infrared sauna is really good. What you want to do for those is that um, once you start really sweating, you time yourself for about 10 minutes and then you go ahead, jump out and take a shower. Wow. I didn't know that about the the wet saunas. And I, I guess I never really thought about that because that's what most gyms have are like the steam room wet saunas, not infrared. That is so interesting. Yeah. And like wiping yourself off to get all the toxins and bacteria from not being reabsorbed. That's such an interesting way to look at it because no one ever talks about that when you're sweating, you know? I mean, there's like the obvious, like, you know, you're gross, go home and shower. You don't want to stink, but like, just so your body's not reabsorbing the toxins as well. That's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Cause it, right before we got on this call, um, I was doing some homework cause I'm going to school for nutrition therapy and we're I'm in the um like anatomy and physiology class and mm -hmm. right and we're just learning about like the benefits of like sweating and like the purpose of sweating you know just to you know get rid of like the bacteria and stuff like that so it's crazy that now you're you're talking about it is like adding on to everything I was just I was just learning but that's so interesting how about um like I know you're talking about like fluoride and like chlorine and stuff that's found in our water. Can you like dive into that a little bit about those types of toxins? Yeah, absolutely. So chlorine is just um, a very inexpensive disinfectant that was used because it was so inexpensive. And, you know, it, it did its job, right? It killed off uh, bacteria, parasites, and other pathogens that would have otherwise caused some major health problems in the overall population. Um, but we can't ingest it. It is literally a disinfectant and, and it's harmful for our overall uh, microbiome. So um, our external microbiome on our skin and hair, as well as our internal microbiome. Um, <clears throat> that and fluoride, fluoride, uh, they're a part of the same family of chemicals. Uh, bromine is another bromine, chloride, fluoride, bromide, uh, is another one of those. These are all, um, chemicals that, uh, will harm your thyroid. Uh, and part of it is because it, um, There, there are iodine receptors uh, that your thyroid has and your thyroid needs iodine, uh, one of the, the, in small amounts, right? And what will happen is that the fluoride and chlorine, they'll get onto those receptors and they'll take up space and then your thyroid suffers. It, it won't function quite as well because it doesn't have the iodine, right? Instead, it has these like imposter chemicals. So um, those are very harmful. And you know, fluoride and fluoridated water in most countries, um, 
including China, they don't put fluoride in the water and they don't do it because it, it negatively impacts IQ. And there's been major studies on this. The IQ of children in particular is what they looked at. So anything that lowers the IQ in children is absolutely out. You know, it could cause that kind of neurological problem for children. And, um, but the, the problem is it's, it's okay. It's pretty easy to take out chlorine, but it's harder to take out fluoride from the water. So now we're stuck with these chemicals, um, that we really, we have to spend quite a bit of money to start to filter them out from our water. And it's really important to try to filter your water as best as you're able to, um, with what you've got. So, uh, fluor chlorine, having a carbon block filter will be enough to take that out of water. But for fluoride, the only thing that's been proven to be absolutely effective is a reverse osmosis filter. So that would be something that would take energy. You could have an above the sink one or under the sink one, but it's it's a big piece of equipment. Uh, but that is what you would want to use for drinking water and for cooking anything that you're going to consume. So I'm really interested in in fluoride because you know I've had um, some conversation with friends who are like, well, why would they put fluoride in our water if you know it wasn't if it wasn't good for us? Um, like, is fluoride actually good for our teeth? Should we be getting toothpaste with fluoride in it? Uh, you know, for from my standpoint, no. You know that that wouldn't be very helpful. Um, there are other ways to remineralize your teeth from the inside out and cavities could actually go away just by cleaning up your diet, getting rid of processed foods, getting rid of sugars, having more foods that are higher in all these different minerals, um, that can help your teeth, uh, brushing and flossing will definitely help your teeth. Doing tongue scraping will help your teeth, um, Supporting your uh, gut's healthy, natural, naturally healthy microbiome would be a way to support your oral health as well, because your microbiome starts in your mouth and goes all the way uh, to your colon, right? Um, so it's it's all connected. So when you think about your body more holistically, having something as nasty as fluorosilic acid, which is actually a it's a byproduct from uh, the fertilizer industry, and they would actually have to pay to get rid of it. Um, and it would be quite costly because it's so incredibly toxic, but they managed to convince, um, convinced, uh, government agencies that adding this toxic byproduct, this waste into our water supply would be helpful for us. So, um, no, there's no reason to have fluoride in the drinking water. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, that's good to know about the reverse osmosis because I've been looking into, you know, different water filters because these things like Pure and Brita, they don't really do much. Um, do you have any recommendations for water filters that we can have in our house? It kind of depends on where you live. Um you know, Laura Adler has an excellent uh, water course where she teaches you how to read water maps. Mm -hmm. And I could send you a link on that so that you could share yeah. it with your listeners. Um, the water course, uh, 
is extremely helpful. So there are different types of toxins in the water, right? There could be um, there could be uh, toxins from uh, pipes like heavy metals, lead, for instance. Um, there could be toxins from chemical um, uh, manufacturing companies. There could be uh, toxins that are just runoff toxins from uh, farming industries uh, and herbicides. Uh, and so you really need to look at your area and see what kind of toxins you have in the water. So a um, couple of things I would say, depending on where you're at, um, having a whole house filter with um, several stages of filtration could be helpful just to start with. Uh, I have used Pure Effects um, whole house water filtration system, and that's really powerful. Uh, it has a pre-filter, and then it has a very large filter. And um, the water quality from uh, our home on Bainbridge Island is really, really bad. And so that thing gets clogged up too fast. So I actually have a self-flushing pre-filter to the pre-filter for that system. Oh, wow. um, but that's really helpful for solids. So you want to get some of the solids. So if you have um, uh, water that has a lot of mineral deposits in it, like it shows up in your sink, uh, you might start thinking, oh, I just need a water softener, but all that does is add salt to the water. That's all it does. It doesn't really do any filtering. Um, if you have what we had, it was like a brown water rings. Uh, that is an indicator of more heavy metals uh, in the water. And so you definitely want to get rid of that. So uh, either option, I would have a whole house filter just to do that initial um, filtration. Then after that, I would do something like a reverse osmosis filter. So we didn't have one. I had a Berkey filter, uh, but sadly, Berkey filter does have some issues. I, I do still like the carbon, the block carbon filter. The reason why the Brita filter doesn't work so well is because it's got little beads. And what happens is every time you put in water into that filtration unit, the little beads start to separate and they create little rivers through it. So there's a whole bunch of your water that's not really getting filtered. But if you have a block, a solid block that of carbon that the water has to go through uh, to get to the drinking water portion of it, then, you know, that that will actually work a lot better. It'll take out chlorine and a bunch of other stuff that might be in your water. Um, they do have a fluoride filter um, cartridge, but I've been reading some reports of third parties doing testing and showing that um, it doesn't take out as much fluoride as the company claims, and it tends to add aluminum to the water, and aluminum is highly toxic. So... I don't use that right now. Uh, my goal will be to, when I get back to the States, I'm not currently in the US. When I get back to the States, I'm going to get a reverse osmosis filter. It'll be an under the sink model and I'll use that for cooking and drinking water. So does um, like boil, and this might be a dumb question, but does like boiling water, um, like let's say cooking from water's being boiled is that gonna remove any of the toxins does that remove like chlorine or fluoride or anything it's a really good question so what that would do is it would kill off any parasites that are in your drinking water 
drinking water from the tap can absolutely have parasites in it. Like I would never drink water straight from the tap. Um, so that will kill off parasites. It'll kill off bacteria. Uh, the boiling will release the chlorine from the water, but it won't do the same with fluoride and it won't do anything for any of the other chemicals that are in there. Okay. So what are some maybe signs that we need to get a, a filtration system or something could be wrong with the water? Like more specifically, my mom has had two completely separate instances in her life. One was when I like lived at home, maybe in high school where my mom was getting super sick. And like, if you know my mom, she's super healthy, works out, eats like the most nutritious foods, like drink so much water. And it ended up that it was our filtration system that she was getting the water from the fridge that was only making her sick. It wasn't making anyone else in the in the house sick. Um, and we found that out. And then now recently they thought she had like microscopic colitis and they couldn't make her feel better. And someone recommended changing, like getting a legit water filter that filtered everything out and all of her symptoms went away. Mm. And it's like, it's just crazy. I, and that's, you know, we assume that there has to be something that you have to go on medication. Like they tried putting my mom on antibiotics, thinking that maybe that would fix what whatever whatever was going on with her gut health and stuff. And like I said, she was eating the healthiest of foods. They told her, you know, stop eating plants, stop eating um, basically any nutrient dense foods. And it oh, ended wow. up just being connected to the water. So mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, things that you notice like with your clients that could be connected, like, hey, if you're feeling this symptom or this, there, there's this sign that maybe it's your water filter. You know, there are so many ways that somebody's health can go askew. And uh, I love Dr. Cabral's uh, example of a rain barrel. Like you have this rain barrel and um, you're filling it up, filling it up. It's like toxins, trauma, it just goes on and on. And at some point it gets to the tipping point where it starts to overflow. And that's when you start to see symptoms. So what's the one thing that caused it? You can't know at all for 100% sure, right? You have to start to troubleshoot it. So, you know, for your mom, maybe it was that, uh, and refrigerators, the refrigerator lines could um, start to get moldy, right? That's definitely a thing that could have happened for her. I don't know if that was the case. Can you absolutely test for mold in your body? Yeah, absolutely. Can you test your water? You betcha. You could do lots of tests on your water. And there's a great site. I'll share that with you as well. I can't think of it off the top of my head because I haven't... uh, Yeah, it's been a while since I've looked at that site. But um, yeah, you could test your water. Um, Other things that you could do, which is always really helpful too, if you have mysterious symptoms, uh, an organic acids test is really great for checking for so many different things. It could check for your overall um, microbiome, but it also has some markers that could help you see if you have some sort of a mold issue as well check for bacteria and candida imbalances, other fungus. Um, It also checks for um, certain nutrients. It has certain nutrient markers in there as well. Uh, Just so many, it's got so many markers in it. 
Uh, those, that's one of the tests that I use, as well as a mycotoxin test. I use that in my practice. If you're concerned about environmental toxins, I've got a great environmental toxin test that I also use with clients, and I could send you links for all of those. Um, yeah, so there's there's a number of ways that you could troubleshoot. Um, you know, for me, when I work with a client, I'm looking at their history, like, you know, where they lived. Um, I look at um, if they've had any specific kinds of trauma in their life, if they've had any big event happen and what that event was, you know, was it a fire? Was it a flood? Um, if they start to, you know, have mystery symptoms, maybe it's brain fog, maybe it's anger outbursts, you know, I'll start to dig into mold and parasites and all sorts of questions around those. Like, is it possible? You know, is it possible that you've had exposure to these different um, pathogens? And if so, then let's start to dig a little bit more into that, maybe do some additional testing around that. It's so... That's so crazy just hearing all that. First of all, my mom was just telling me a couple weeks ago about the whole rain barrel effect. She was like reading the book. Um, so for you to bring that up, that's crazy. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm definitely going to read that um, next because she was talking about all that as well. Um, but then also like me personally, I'm, you know, same as my mom, like we work out, we eat healthy, like we live this um, quote unquote healthy lifestyle but like I've still been having issues of like major fatigue, like fatigue to the point where I'm like, I could take like a four hour nap and then still a couple hours later, go to sleep and sleep through the night, like 12 mm -hmm. hours. And, you know, I've tried doing like um, blood tests to check like my hormone levels and like cortisol levels and all the stuff and everything keeps, you know, showing that it's normal. So, you know, hearing you say like, the organic acids test and microtoxins and mold and parasites. Do you think like something like that could be like the cause of like maybe the issues that I'm having, like major fatigue and other things like that? Yeah, I would, I would say there's a couple of tests that I would recommend. Uh, the organic acids test could be really nice to see if there are some underlying pathogenic issues going on, uh, pathogens. Um, the other thing that I would do is I would do a different test than you had run. So the problem with blood tests, with hormones and with cortisol levels is that um, they usually just check at one time of the day. Um, with the cortisol levels, it's really important to either use a urine test or a saliva test because that'll give you a clearer picture and you have to take it a number of times, four times throughout the day. Otherwise, you don't know what's going on, right? Just one snapshot in time isn't going to give you a full picture for what's going on with your overall adrenal health. Um, for hormones, it's the same thing. Sex hormones really needs to be a saliva or a urine test because you're going to get better information than a blood test. Um, other tests that you could do, uh, which would be a blood test, would be things like a full thyroid panel, for instance, that could be really nice. That's something that your doctor could do uh, with um, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and uh, TSH and TPO antibodies. All of those would be extremely helpful to understand. It's a full picture, though. You're really looking at this full picture. You could also check um, 
fasting insulin levels in your A1C just to rule those out. But what I'm guessing it is, is that if you have really significant fatigue, it's going to be either around uh, those fluctuating cortisol levels throughout the day, or uh, it could be uh, a bigger inflammatory response that your body is having. So um, that's when looking at the gut microbiome for some clues, food sensitivity tests could also be helpful in that case as well. Uh, and I know some people like them, some people don't. A food sensitivity test would just give an idea what foods are currently causing inflammation in your body. Over time, those will change, right? But it could give you a, a direction. It's like, do I really need to take out this from my diet? I don't know. Let's see, right? And then we could get a clear picture for that. Yeah. All right. So how can people um, reach out to you and find you so they could work with you if they're, if they're having any issues or, you know, just want to take that first step, how can they find you? Yes, they could find me at jessicagreenwellness.com. Jessica, just spelled like Jessica Green, just like the color and then wellness.com, all one word. And in there, uh, they'll see all the different ways to work with me. Mostly right now, I'm working with clients in a group program called Fabulous Over 40. That's my hormone balancing program. And that does include a functional medicine test that I love a lot. Uh, and then I also have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. So if you want to work with me to troubleshoot very specific issues, or if you're just not comfortable in a group setting, that's a great way to work with me. And then I also do run some one-off tests, the organic acids test, the mycotox test, and the environmental tox test are all things, and the food sensitivity test. Those are all things that I work with quite often, and those could be purchased online, and then they come with a uh, coaching session with me. Awesome. That is great. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes so people can reach out to you. But thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on the podcast. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for joining me in another episode of the Bread Therapy Mama podcast. If you like this kind of content, check out my blog for recipes, how-tos, product recommendations, and more. Just go to breadtherapymama.com. I'll see you all in the next episode.